Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Changing Levels. I am your host, Austin Early. Happy Friday. Hope all is well. I hope you've had a wonderful week. I hope the news and current events aren't stressing you out too much. Um, I hope that you've just been able to make it through your work week and you're getting ready to watch some fine wrestling this weekend. Got a lot going on. we got a lot to get to. Jack Hurley joins us again, also known as Oldest Greatest on Twitter. He's going to join me today to preview the Burroughs Taylor card. Um, and then he's also going to talk about his new podcast focused on Michigan wrestling. Um, we'll get to him here in a second, but first let's do some affirmations. I hope that you're feeling smart. I hope you're feeling strong. I hope you're feeling beautiful or handsome. I hope that you are feeling the best version of you that you can be this week. Because we all want to get there. And if you're not, I hope you get there very soon. Because we're still here, baby. We're still here. Let's get into some news before we start um, before we start breaking down the card. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Okay, anyway. Sorry. I'm just kind of thinking out loud. Uh, I guess the first thing that jumped off the page to me this week... Um, in the, the NCWA is not going to sponsor a 2021 winter s uh, semester season. Uh, very kind of disappointing for those teams. Um, I know the N NCWA, they always have a pretty pretty good show. Um, they have a lot of good wrestling. So that, that's very disappointing. Uh, but apparently not enough of the conferences even had 20% participation this year. Uh, pretty disappointing, in the, to say the least. So we will uh, move on. Just another COVID deal, and it's really unfortunate. The Penn RTC um, and then WIBN Philadelphia, they announced a card coming January 29th. It's going to be called Summit 1. Mark Hall versus Nate Jackson, the main event. My man Nate Jackson does not stop wrestling ever. And for you guys that don't know what WIBN is, it's wrestling or Wrestlers and Business Network. Um, it's a national nonprofit ne networking group for everyone that is passionate about the sport of wrestling. Uh, they're dedicated to advancing careers, businesses, personal growth in the sport that we love. Um, but man, that's this is an exciting, exciting thing. Um, I love all these cards. Uh, I'm not sure what it's, it looks like. It's going to be on Rockfin, man. I love it. I love that all these RTCs are putting these cards on. You get an exciting match, including Mark Hall and his debut at 86 kilos. People have kind of been up in the air. What's Mark Hall going to do? Is he going to is he going to stick around and stay at 79? Is it going to go up? Because he kind of said, "Hey, I'm not going back to 74." He said that quite a while ago. So it's going to be great, you know. Uh, Hall, he has cadet and junior world titles to his name, an NCAA title. Um, you know, Jackson, he's a current assistant at Princeton. He's been as active as anybody. He's had some big wins. Um, he won the Medved last year. Uh, he was runner-up at Senior Nationals and the Dave Schultz. So they're going to have more matches out to... Um, 
to announce here in the coming days, but it's January 29th, just a little over three weeks away. Big, big, big time card right there, I'm sure it's going to shape up to be. Uh, shout out to Northern Colorado, ranked for the first time in 51 years. Also, shout out to Sam Egan, who I'm pretty sure jinxed Wyoming. Uh, Northern Colorado beat Wyoming in the op season opener um, last weekend. Uh, can't remember the score, but they they beat them, um, and they're ranked now. They're number 25 in the country in the uh, NWCA coaches poll. Uh, so shout out to Troy Nickerson squad. They're they're looking tough this year. Um, some reason I say Sam Egan uh, jinxed uh, Wyoming. If you guys don't know who Sam Egan is, he is a former Wyoming Cowboy who I am friends with. He said that Northern Colorado will never beat Wyoming in a dual meet. And I think he jinxed them. So, hey, good for them, guys. Good for them. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, also, Iowa, number one in the coaches' poll for the on week one, January 5th, followed by Penn State, Michigan, NC State, and Nebraska rounding out the top five. Four out of the f top five are Big Ten schools, which will lead us into a conversation about seeding and things later on. Moving on. Uh, Bajrang, uh, winner of the Flow 8-man 150-pound tournament, then also wrestled uh, the Zane Train at at the Nittany Lion event. He's staying in the U.S. for another month. Um, he's going to be here till around the first week of February, from what I understand. Um, he must be having a good time up there at Cliff Keen. I've seen him on Instagram and everything, taking tons of pictures. I think he likes the snow, all that stuff. Um, probably not a lot of snow in India. I really don't know, to be honest. I don't want to sound stupid, so hopefully I'm not saying anything wrong, but I don't know much about India, so I'm not going to throw that out there, but yeah, he uh, he looked pretty good at the Flow 8-man challenge. He looked good against Zane as well. Um, you know, it's exciting stuff. So, uh, so yeah, Cliff Keen getting lots of international flavor. Of course, they have all those guys that, uh, you know, that wrestle for other countries, which some people like, some people don't like. But it's definitely a benefit having a guy like Sergey as your coach. And, um, you know, uh, next set of news, it looks like, uh, the Texas, uh, high school season will be, uh, March through April. The state meet will take place at the end of April, placing four and eight man brackets. Um, I'm not really sure how their tournament works, but I could look it up, I guess, but another kind of, um, shift for another state due to COVID. Um, I'm actually curious which states are wrestling right now. Indiana is. That's where I coach. It's where I live. Um, we're wrestling. We're full speed ahead right now. Um, obviously, things are a little different. You know, We're not having a lot of big crowds. Probably won't have any spectators for um, the state tournament. Like our girls' state tournament starts this weekend with their regionals. Uh, nope. No spectators will be allowed. So really interesting stuff. Um, Wisconsin Underground 3. Man, they are starting to get some some big-time matches. Uh, that's going down on January 20th. Man, we got a lot of great wrestling coming up. January 20th, uh, Wisconsin RTC Underground 3, still a bad name. We got Braxton Amos taking on TJ Dudley. 
Braxton Amos, the young pup. He's a freshman. Going to be taking on the three-time All-American Dudley. He was a runner-up one year. Man, that's a that's a welcome-to-the-show kind of match for uh, Braxton Amos. Man, that kid can handle it. He's a tough, tough, tough bat, uh, kid. Um, and then we get our first sort of legends kind of match. I don't remember if you remember in episode one, if you listen back that far, I talked about having legends wrestle. We want these coaches and things wrestle. We're getting it. We're getting Chris Flieger versus Joe Dubuque. And if you don't know who those guys are, well, they were both NCAA finalists in 2006. Uh, Flieger wrestled for Purdue. Dubuque, who's an assistant coach at Princeton now, he wrestled for Indiana. They actually... I mean, competed on the same teams together. Flieger, he was um, an All-American. Uh, like I said, he was a finalist in 2006. Uh, Dubuque, a two-time NCAA champion. Um, it's going to be a freestyle match. It's going to be a lot of fun. I am so excited for that. Those guys are big-time names here in Indiana. Obviously, Joe Dubuque winning two national titles. And then Flieger, who still lives in the state. He coached at Purdue for a little while. Um I'm I'm really excited for that a little IU versus Purdue flavor, a little old oak and bucket kind of deal going on, and and I'm excited for it. I think I, I, I'm really excited to see what happens. I I know Flieger stays in pretty good shape. I'm sure uh, Dubuque is in in pretty good shape wrestling with uh, Pat Glory all the time. So man, it's gonna be fun. I, I'm really excited, and I think this is the kind of thing we need. We need this stuff. Um. Yeah, I, I, I am very excited about that. I, I'm really stoked. Uh, Jandrell Hancock named the Five Point Move 2020 Athlete, Greco-Roman Athlete of the Year. Congrats to him. Um, he's one of my favorite wrestlers to watch right now. And also, shout out to Five Point Move, uh, the best Greco-Roman website in the world. Um, lots of Division One wrestling going down. Um, as we started last weekend, lots going on last weekend, lots going on this weekend, lots of duels. Um, I believe the Big Ten might kick off either this weekend or next week. I don't have it right in front of me. So I don't like throwing dates out there. Uh, talking about Division One wrestling, Tom Brands got pretty fired up in his uh, press conference talking about um, the Big Ten not being leaders, and just all sorts of things, and he was fired up. He was talking about the propaganda being used against them by the nit-nit-nit-ninnies. Um, lots of ways you can take some of the things that he was saying, and, um, you know, I don't know. It's it's very interesting. It's, it's interesting stuff. So we will have to, I think in the future, when I start talking about this stuff, and we start talking about, uh, press clips. I'm going to start putting that audio in. I don't know if that'll get me in trouble or not, but we'll we'll try it anyway. Um, a little bit of a surprise. Next bit of news. Next week, USA Wrestling is sending 33 of the top senior athletes to the Henry Delgane. I think I'm saying that right. I don't know. It's a Grand Prix in France. Or... Uh, I don't know if it's still gone, right? Probably not. I don't know. I'm not good. Guys, you know this. I'm not good at... 
I'm not good at uh, you know, names, things like that. But we'll kind of kind of run through who's wrestling. Uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Men's freestyle. It looks like we got Vito. We got Gilman. Nick Siriano wrestling 57 kilos. Uh, Joe Cologne. James Green. Yanni. Kyle Dake. David Taylor. Zahid Valencia. Kyle Snyder and Nick Gwizdowski will round out the freestyle, men's freestyle roster. Then we got Greco Roman. We got Thomas Hicks. Colton Rash. Devin Hester, Jamal Johnson, Raymond Bunker, The Monk Dog, Pat Smith, Peyton Walsh, uh, John Stefan, <laughs> Stefan, which, I think that's how you say that, right? Stefan, oh god, I need to stop. Uh, Terrence Zaleski, um, Von Monreal Burner, uh, Joel Navarre, and Daniel Miller will be our Greco athletes. Then we have Sarah Hildebrandt, Amy Fernside, Jakara Winchester, Helen Marulis, Lauren Louive, Kayla Miracle, Macy Kilty, Tamira Mensa-Stock, Forrest Molinari, and Victoria Francis will be our women's freestyle roster. Uh, man, that's that's some heavy. We are so we're sending some heavy hitters. You know, uh, no more messing around. And I find it very interesting just kind of going through and looking at the rosters. Almost everybody, at least on the freestyle side, right? Because Greco-Roman hasn't gotten enough love. Almost everybody in the freestyle rosters has gotten some sort of action in the RTC cards. Um, In one way or another. It looks, the names that have jumped out to me that haven't, Suriano has not. Um, Kyle Snyder has has right because he wrestled uh, Ty Walls. Um, trying to see here who has not wrestled in a, in a card. I don't remember has Forrest Molinari wrestled in a card. I don't think she has. And then, like I said, almost all the Greco guys have not because they don't ever get any love. Um. Which is too bad because they deserve it. They work just as hard as anybody. A lot of them are, you know, stand-up dudes. They're, um, they're, you know, veterans or service members, and we should really give them our support. Do a better job. But man, it's gonna be a fun, fun little go here. Uh, tomorrow, or actually today, January eighth, we got. Um, Spartan Combat Wrestling Live. It's going to be going down at 5 o'clock today. Um, we're going to have, looks like, three matches. Um, we got Kyle Dake versus David McFadden. Yanni Diakamahalas versus Anthony Ashnault. Gabe Dean versus Mike Machiavello. Machiavello. Not Vallo. Machiavello. Uh, Dean versus Machiavello. That's going to be interesting because Machiavello is an 97-kilo guy. Dean, an 86-kilo guy. Going to be interesting. Uh, does the size play a difference? We'll talk about that a little bit more with the other card going on on Saturday. Um, then we got Yanni versus Ashnall. Top 10 guys at 65 kilos. Um, Ashnall got fourth, I believe, at the 150-pound challenge. 
Um, Yanni was undefeated at the RTC Cup. He beat James Green a couple times. Um, had a had a great showing there. Um, that's going to be a great match. Um, and then we got Dake versus McFadden. Obviously, Dake a two-time world champ. Um, McFadden very tough. Um, very tough. He won the U23s this year. Um, and he can he's looking to kind of establish himself as a senior level guy. So we will see. Um, it looks like. I'll go ahead and give my picks here. It looks like we I'll go Dake, Yanni, and I'm going to go Mike Machiavello. That's what I'm going to go against. I think that'll be the the match to watch, I think. So, all right, moving on to our final kind of thing. We're going to kind of roll up here. Uh, Jack Hurley of the now newly, his first episode just dropped, I believe, yesterday, the Wolverine Wrestling Report um, is his new podcast. It'll be with Michigan. Please welcome Jack Hurley, also known as Oldest Greatest, to the podcast. Jack, welcome back to the show. It's uh, nice to have you. Um, you're my first recurring guest. You were my first guest. Now you're my first recurring guest. How's it going? Going pretty well. Good to be back. I'm always glad to have you, man. You kind of, you went on my podcast and you were on stalemates and now you got your own podcast. Um, yeah, I'm uh, coming after Jason there. Bryant now with a number of podcasts. <laughs> I'm also doing the Jason Bryant trick of uh, advertising my other podcast on my main podcast. That's really the way to go. How many podcasts does that dude have now? At least 10, right? Probably. I, I mean, he does one for like several teams and then... Mm-hmm. And then his podcast and man is the hardest working man in wrestling. That's for sure. At least one of them wrestling media, I should say. All right. So we're going to break down the Burroughs versus Taylor card. Um, Jack, the first time you were on, we broke down beat the streets. We're going to break down this card. A lot of intriguing matchups, of course, the main event being Burroughs versus Taylor, which has gotten everybody, including our group chat, up in arms at each other about who's going to win. But let's start at the bottom, and we'll work our kind of way up. Um, the first match of the night, the curtain jerker, if you will, be wrestled at 155 pounds. We got Mitch McKee versus Tristan Moran. Um, two college standouts, uh, Moran, Wisconsin, um, Mitch McKee, a Minnesota guy. Um, I know they have met a few times in college. Uh, they both tend to put up a lot of points. I think they even had, I think they've been all like really close matches as well, like one or two point matches. Um, so what do you, what are your thoughts going into this one? It's um, it's definitely a, an exciting one, you know, potential for, you know, some good scrambles and stuff. I think Moran does not have a ton of experience with freestyle and his college game was a lot of rolling across his back and um, top work. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas McKee's really well adapted to freestyle. He's got obviously a great head pinch, uh, pretty good upper body guy, uh, has um, some age level medals. Um, so it seems like you'd favor him, but he is, um, I think he's going down to 61. He was down there for uh, junior nationals. He won that tournament. And Moran is is a big guy, even for 65. 
Uh, so that, that might even things out a little bit. Uh, I would pick McKee, but it could be a fun match. It's interesting that you say that, that he's going 61 because this match is at 155. So, mm-hmm. do we, I mean, it's, I guess it's possible Mitch comes in a little small, but I thought Mitch was going 65, which I guess. Yeah, I don't really, really it might have been, off. I'm not sure about this. There might have been a weight allowance for that tournament. Yeah. Um, Cause he, I mean, he'd been, um, he had been wrestling at 65, you know, he was at 141 his last. He wrestled a couple years ago, right? Um, McKee, I don't remember. I think he might've, I think him and Brayton mm-hmm. Lee split time at 65. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, that was uh, with a weight allowance too, right? That was like plus two or plus three. I think it was plus three. Yeah. Yeah. It could be interesting. I, like you said, it's got a, the potential for a lot of scrambles, some high point, And of course, Mitch McKee, like you said, head pinch, He's very good upper body. I think I'm going to lean towards McKee here. Um, I don't think the size difference, if there is much of one, will really come into play just because, like you said, Moran's freestyle acumen maybe isn't as high as Mitch's. So I'm going to go ahead and pick McKee. Uh, second bout of the night will be at 60 kilos. It's Ronna Heaton versus Desiree Zavala. Uh, two top uh, 10, 60, or Ronna Heaton's at 53 kilos normally. Desiree or Desiree or however she said, I think it's Desiree, is at 62 kilos. Um, they're going to kind of meet in the middle there um, and, and uh, showdown. I think Ronna is like fifth or sixth on the ladder at 53. Desiree 60, or is like eighth, ranked eighth or something like that. They actually both won U23s. Um, back in November, um, should be an interesting match. What do you think? Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Zavala is kind of tough to, uh, assess for me because she, I think she's didn't start wrestling until a little bit later Mm -hmm. and she, um, you know, she, she gets better every time out. I remember watching some film for her, um, I think she was on beat the streets and I wrote a preview article about it. And, you know, I, I went back and watched some of her older stuff. And I was like, Ooh, she is not that good. I don't know what she's doing on this card. And then watching her, um, you know, 2019, 2020 matches like, Oh, okay. I think I understand. She's, she's just one of those athletes who was a little bit raw to come out and she's starting to figure things out. So you, mm-hmm. even though their um, the results have been, you know, Heaton's clearly had the better results. Right. Zavala might be kind of closing the gap. I can see that for sure. I feel like Ronna Heaton has not really hit that next level like everybody maybe expected her to. She was an age group world champ. And I think people kind of crowned her, at least from what I understood, people kind of crowned her as the next coming for women's wrestling. And I'm not sure she's quite there yet, which leads or gives people like Desiree a chance to kind of play catch up a little bit. So I think it's going to be an interesting match, but I, I do think that Ronna Heaton comes out here a winner. You going to make a pick on that one? Yeah, I, I would pick Heaton as well. Okay. Uh, 215-pound match. We've got Nate Jackson, who might be the busiest dude in wrestling right now, taking on Win Mahalik. Nate Jackson just keeps wrestling. Um, I talked about it earlier in the show before you came on. 
you know, he's wrestling again. He's going to wrestle again this month against Mark Hall. You know, um, he just wrestled, of course, in the RTC Cup. He wrestled in the Flow eight man, 195 pound bracket back in Halloween. Um, it, it's, it's really interesting. Um, and then of course, when Mahalik, he was seventh at the 2019 U S open, but this is like the second time he's, that was only the second or third time he had wrestled, uh, since the 2016 trials. Uh, he was an all, he was a three-time All-American, and he was a runner-up in the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure what to make of this um, or what Win Mahalik gets out of coming back, I guess. I don't, I don't really see him making a run, but the size difference could be interesting because, you know, Nate is an 86-kilo guy. I would imagine Win Mahalik is going to be every bit of 215. What are your thoughts? This is um, the kind of match that I think is only possible now in this kind of era of these pro cards where if it was a whole tournament, I feel like a guy like Win Mahalik would not probably want to come back, right? Mm-hmm. He, he, he'd have to get down to – I mean, I guess he'd be going uh, 197, which is 213, so it's not too far different from his weight, but – He'd have to get down to weight, and then he'd have to be wrestling a guy probably bigger than him, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, a guy who's a full size ninety seven kilogram, and a guy who's, you know, peaking. And then he's going to have to wrestle a whole bunch of matches, you know. And now, well, okay, if I'm getting paid uh, just to show up, I can wrestle somebody, you know, a, a hand picked opponent, somebody that is going to be fun to wrestle against, somebody that is maybe a winnable matchup, you know, at least he, he thinks it's winnable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's just one match, so it's cool to see. Um, I don't think he's going to win. Uh, Jackson has been really good. Um, we've seen uh, these wrestlers that come out of retirement usually don't uh, look like the best version of themselves. I don't think he's really uh, a serious threat here, but it, I think it'll be fun to see him back. Yeah, I, I it's always fun to me. I was talking earlier about the Joe Dubuque, um, Chris Flieger match. I think stuff like that when guys come back, even though he hasn't been gone that long, like a Dubuque or a Flieger, I think it's awesome. I think it's great. I've talked about it several times. You know, obviously Keith Gavin came back, who Nate Jackson also wrestled. Um, yeah, like you said, I think, you know, the more active guy is probably going to win this matchup probably pretty easily. Um, but I would like, I think uh, Mahalik could probably come out and give him a good, good show in the first period. So um, I'm going to go ahead and pick Nate Jackson for that one. Same pick for me. All right. Uh, then we have Seth Gross versus Zane Richards at 61 kilos. Um, Seth Gross has been just as active, it seems like, lately. Um, he has beaten a lot of tough dudes he's he's gotten um he got wins over Cruz, Jacob Camacho, um Sean Garrett um he beat Bryce Meredith and Thomas Gilman and and, uh, I believe those were both the Wisconsin cards if I remember right and he is 
not even considered a top guy at 57 right now. And then you got Zane Richards, who was third at the Open in 2019. Um, you know, he's got some pretty impressive wins. You know, he's beaten guys like Jesse Delgado, Frank Relly, um, I think he's beaten Vito. Um, and he's not afraid to really um, let it fly either guy is, obviously. Um, Seth Gross and Joe Cologne have that kind of crazy matchup with the streets. And, and uh, Gross has been known to kind of let it fly. And I, I just see that kind of happening here where where we're going to have two dudes just kind of going for it. What do you think? Yeah, I really like Zane Richards. Um, I, I really like the way he wrestles. I like watching him in college. Um, I like what he's done down at 57. And um, what was, uh, who was it? Zach Sanders, he wrestled at the uh, Rumble on the Rooftop, and they had a really <laughs> exciting match. Um, Gross is probably the better guy, especially at freestyle. Um, you know, Zane takes a lot of shots, um, and Gross tends to beat those guys. He can score off your shot really well. Uh, and Zane. I'm not sure, not to interrupt, but I'm not sure that Gross is better in freestyle. Because I'm pretty sure Richards has made age group world teams, which I think Gross has too, but... Mm-hmm. I feel like Richards has always kind of been a dude yeah, maybe. always been pretty solid in freestyle. Mm-hmm. But since he's not as active and he doesn't really show up in a lot of places that maybe he's not always the most respected dude, I feel like. Mm-hmm. He's got a, he's in a tough room. I think he's still at Illinois. Brian Medlin coaching him up. Pretty interesting. Um, so who are you picking? I'll pick Gross. Um, you're you're probably right about that. I'm just thinking of, um, uh, you know, Gross's style and the way he he's able to score off your shot. But yeah, I mean, Zane's made. Um, I think he made a national team a couple of years ago, or at least was very close to it. Um, what uh, what what weight is this at? Sixty one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Gross um. I think his senior year of college, he did not wrestle very well uh, at Wisconsin. And I think a big part of that was weight. Uh, and I'm not sure how well he'll do if he has to make 57, um, you know, scratch. But mm-hmm. at, well, at 61 especially, I'm going to take Seth Gross here. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Gross too just because, again, I like the style matchup. Like you said, uh, Richards tends to attack. Gross is good at his defensive attacks, especially his freestyle attacks um, from there. I like it that it's at 61. I'm going to go ahead and go to Seth Gross as well. Um, After that, we're going to have at 143 pounds, we're going to have Ethan Lezak versus Matt McDonough. It's going to be a battle of two former 125 pounders. Um, Of course, Lezak has got some history with uh, Iowa guys. Um, Matt McDonough, he's, um, is he still at Wisconsin? I think so. Um, he has not wrestled since 2015 in the trials. He lost to Joe Cologne and Tyler Graff. Um, of course he was an NCAA champ. Lee Zach was a runner up 
and a three-time All-American in the NCAA. Um, Lee Zach is now at the Penn RTC. McDonough. Um, are we sure? I, I don't think he's at Wisconsin anymore. Hmm. I, 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 just, I hadn't heard anything about it, but maybe. I'm going to look that up. Oh, he's uh, he's at Cornell College. That's right. That's, that's right. right. Yes, yeah. this. That's what I was going to say. I, mm-hmm. I I had I thought I heard that he had moved on, but mm-hmm. which is an interesting place to be, I think. But maybe he just really missed Iowa. Anyway, what do you think about the matchup? It's pretty weird, right? I mean, it's it's a guy who hasn't wrestled in five plus years. Um, a guy that was I think at the end just pretty banged up uh was having a hard time making that weight having a hard time you know staying staying healthy continuing that whole grind and then you got Lezak who had sort of similar struggles Mm -hmm. um and also was I feel like they're both kind of folk style guys and this will be a freestyle match I really have no idea how McDonough is going to look um, and like we were talking about before, I'm inclined to, to take the, um, the more active guy, the guy who's been wrestling a lot more recently, and that's Lezak. Uh, but, you know, McDonough had, you know, a really, really good single leg. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, and that's obviously something that, you know, translates well to freestyle. He can finish pretty cleanly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you know, if Lezak isn't able to, you know, lock through the crotch and turn him or whatever, uh, if Lezak isn't able to get in on McDonough's legs, if Lezak isn't able to get on top, you know, maybe McDonough just kind of controls the whole match. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure what to make of it either. I, I'm like like you said, I'm gonna go ahead and lean towards probably Lezak just because he has been active. And yeah, I, I that's really what I'm basing this on. I think that Lee Zach being in a tougher room right now, you know, he's still training at the storm. It's hard telling what kind of partners Matt McDonough has, even if he has partners that are good enough to really kind of get him ready for something like this. Even if it is a one-off, um, I can see it, see it really going Lee Zach. And I think it could be Lee Zach big. You know, I, I know he's been working on his parterre. Uh, Minnesota has always been good in parterre. So we'll kind of, we'll kind of see. I'm going to go ahead and take Lee Zach though. Yeah, I'll take Lee Zach. Man, we're on the same page with almost everybody. Yeah. Uh, next up, Nashawn Garrett versus Joey McKinnon at 65 kilos. Nashawn looked really good at 57 when it was plus three at the RTC Cup. He's going to bump up Russell McKenna, who um, I believe his last match was at Senior Nationals. And he got third. I think he lost to Alirez, right? Yeah, he lost to him, I think, in the semis, and then the right. uh, Jay Nyerman coming back. Right. Um, I thought Garrett looked pretty, pretty decent at the RTC Cup. Um, I know he lost a couple, but he was always right there in them, um, including a win over Gross, I believe, and then um, he had two tight ones with Vito. Um, it's going to be interesting because I think. McKenna is going to be bigger than Deshaun, I would think, right? Um, 
Both guys have been active. I, I think I'm going to lean Joey McKinney here. I don't really know why. I just have a feeling. You yeah, know, this is such a strange match. Like, So Garrett, I think, did much better on the second day of RTC Cup. Yeah, they didn't have a weigh-in on the second day. Right. Uh, <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was, it was uh, 60 already. And he was struggling a little bit with that, um, which I think kind of made him realize 57 was a bad idea. Um, he made a YouTube video a couple years ago where he was, he got the whole like DEXA scan mm-hmm. and he was like 6% body fat at 141. Okay. And he was trying to make 125 and a half. Um, and that I think he's finally realized was just not a good idea. Uh, it it d- didn't fit with the way he wrestles where he needs the pop in his legs. And when he's cutting weight, he doesn't have that. Uh, Joey McKenna holds position really well. You know, he, um, you know, he, he stays in his stance. He keeps his hands low and he shoots with his chest up. He doesn't get reattacked super easily. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I really just have no idea how this plays out. I think because we haven't seen Garrett up at this weight, um, and basically everyone from 61 dropped down to 57. So we don't even have a lot of head to heads. So I guess like you, I, I just sort of get the sense, uh, McKenna's going to be able to just control the match. Uh, maybe keep it pretty low scoring, but I don't really know. Uh, yeah. I really don't see Nishan being able to really explode through Joey. Yeah. That and, makes sense. And, uh, I think he's just too strong and too positionally sound. Um, even though Nishan at at sixty one is a world medalist type of guy, I just think sixty five mm-hmm. is probably a little too tall of a task for him. Especially mm-hmm. a guy like Joey McKenna, who um, could be right there come trial time. So I'm going to go mm-hmm. ahead and pick pick him. Yeah, the, the thing that swings it now that I think about it is. Um... Uh, the the top bottom game, Joey McKenna's got a pretty good gut, and um, Garrett's shown a little bit of weakness to that, so I could see him getting a couple turns. I'm going to pick Joey McKenna. Yeah. Um. Next matchup: 51 kilos, Emily Schulson, Aaron Golson. This is, I think, this could be a fun match. You got the future, and Emily Schulson. Against the present and Aaron Golson, um, both have had a lot of age level success. Um, Golson has always been right there in the hunt for a world team spot. Um, Shilson was a world champ, cadet world champ, I believe, in 2018 or 2019, 2018, I believe. She won the Youth Olympic Games. Um, she's a U23 world team member. Um, I I really like Emily Shilson a lot. I know that she is currently like a spot behind Golston in the rankings. Um, of course, Golston is a vet, but I think this is kind of one of those passing of the torch type matches that we'll see um, from the young buck. And I like Emily Shilson big here. Um, she's a monster on top. She really knows how to get to her stuff in parterre, and she's got a good leg attack. So, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way either. 
um, just because you know Aaron is a gamer and she she's always ready to go. So, um, but I, I think I'm gonna go ahead and pick Shilson. What do you what do you got going in this one? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty torn as well. Golston, it feels to me like she never completely reached her potential or like her maybe my expectations were too high but I always thought she'd be challenging for a world team spot and she kind of never quite did um she's always been you know a step behind uh like Whitney Condor and Victoria Anthony mm-hmm. um so the, the thing with Shilson is always that she's really small um, and this is maybe the first time, one of her, her first senior matches where she'll probably be just as big and as physical as her opponent. Um, and so I, I kind of agree with you that she'll be able to get to her ties, get to her two-on-one, um, be able to kind of control the pace and maybe get a couple of turns. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, I like her a lot and we're going to see. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you with your statement there about um, Aaron Golson. She just kind of never could quite get there. Even though she was right there, it's like she could never quite get there. And that's kind of like the ultimate gatekeeper. You know what I mean? I mean, you kind of see it in MMA too, where those guys that could never get right there, they were always like right there, but could never seal the deal. If you beat them, you're probably near the top, and if not, you got some work to do. So I think this is kind of one of those matches for Shilson. Um, after that will be James Green versus Pat Lugo. This will be at 152. Um, both those guys, um, they wrestled at the Flow 150-pound eight-man bracket last month. James Green was a runner-up. He lost to Bajrang. Actually, both of them lost to Bajrang. Lugo lost him in the first round. He actually looked pretty good, and it was actually a close match uh, late in the second period. Um, but And then, of course, like I said, Green was runner-up. I like Lugo's ability to keep things close, and I think his style can probably give James fits. But I think I like James coming out in this one probably by a takedown or two. Um, and then, of course, James has a pretty lethal lace. And I could I, I could definitely see a takedown to lace type of um, go here. So but I, I don't I'm not sure. Um, I, I want to say it's going to be like a like a four three type of type of match for James Green. A couple takedowns, maybe a takedown for Lugo. A push out. Um, we'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. What about you? Oh, it's the only thing I could see making a difference is James just struggling with the weight. If um, you know, he doesn't have any drive on his shots. If he, you know, maybe has gas tank issues. You know, in uh, 2016 when he got down, he didn't look that good. Mm-hmm. He, I think, got tacked by BJ Futrell at Olympic Trials, which is not the kind of match he'd want to be losing. But he, he looked pretty good at RTC Cup and the uh, the Bajrang tournament, uh, which was, I think, the same weight. Uh, he beat uh, Lugo's teammate, Alex Marinelli, who's two weights up and probably a better wrestler than Lugo. Um, basically, 
caught him square walking into a double leg and that mm -hmm. that was just all the points he needed yeah um and it's probably the same thing here where lugo needs to kind of be able to move guys like physically manhandle you to get to his shots mm -hmm. and if he's giving up size and giving up strength it seems like he's not gonna be able to get that so i'll i'll favor james green here yeah i like that pick um i what weight is lugo going do we know i mean on the senior level is he gonna be a 65 guy or is I he so. i know he'd be kind of between he's not a 74 he's not big enough mm -hmm. He, like he is a little big, probably for 65. I would imagine um, he'd probably be a 70 in the next year. Yeah, that would make sense. Or maybe we, this uh, year. We talked about um, back in um, – he was also on the Rumble on the Roof card. We right. talked a little bit about this, where, you know, where does he fit in? It seems like he's not really much of a threat for, you know, a national team. He'll be a mm -hmm. fringe trials qualifier type of guy. Yeah. You know, does he want to go MMA? And mm -hmm. you know, one forty-five with a day before weigh-in is probably easier for him. And he just seems like a guy that could do really well in that kind of environment. Yeah, I agree with that. It'll be interesting to see what happens here if he goes sixty-five and see how he looks. It's kind of the same deal with James, where it's all about probably how they feel on that day. And and I think if Lugo wrestles the way he did against Bajring, he can give a lot of people fits. And I think that's really what he's good at, and and uh, you know probably should have been an NCAA champ this year, but you know one of those things. But you're taking Green. Yeah, taking okay. James Green. Okay. Um, after that, it's going to be kind of a disappointment in my opinion. This matchup, uh, 97 kilos, it's going to be Jaden Cox versus Hayden Zilmer. Um, we've already watched these guys wrestle a couple times. I don't think Hayden Zilmer has gotten any better. I mean, he did beat Machiavello, Walls, and Dudley at the RTC Cup. I know he lost a tight one to Colin Moore. I think it was like a one-point loss, maybe criteria. But Cox kind of blitzed him at Final X in 2018. And I'm not really interested in this match i don't i don't know how you feel about it but i'm more interested in watching cox wrestle than i am in this matchup um what are your thoughts yeah you're probably right that it's it's meant to be a little bit of a showcase for him he hasn't wrestled at any of these uh you know summer or fall or winter events well he was when supposed I, to right wasn't he supposed to wrestle I a couple months he, and he got COVID? yeah he he got COVID and so he couldn't wrestle at something um but yeah I mean he I think Flo's just really happy to have him back um it, it's basically him and Snyder right at that weight I don't think anyone's super close to either of them maybe, I mean I could see maybe Gatson. I could see Gatson and Colin Moore kind of being right there are they gonna beat him probably not I think that'll probably be a semis final right. kind of like it'll mm -hmm. be a more Cox or a or a Cox, you know, Gadsden, and then the other one being against Snyder, mm -hmm. which is an interesting storyline if you got Colin Moore versus Snyder, but that's another talk for another day. Yeah, I, I think yeah, one A, definitely Cox mm -hmm. and Snyder, and 
And then you got Zilmer probably falls into that third tier right now with, with Machiavello, with Ty Walls, with, you know, those kind of guys. So, yeah, it, it's really, really interesting to me. So, yeah, Zilmer, uh, Zilmer and Moore have had some really good matches over the last year or two. You should watch those. Yeah. If you're, uh, if you're listening to this, just go on YouTube or whatever, watch those matches. They're really good, but yeah, he's got a ton of great matches. Mm -hmm. Are you disappointed in the fact that he didn't stick with Greco? I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really cool when he made both national teams in the same year. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. And they, they they don't pay them for both, which I found out to be really disappointing. So I can understand him wanting to stick with. Do they instead pay the fourth place guy? In one of the styles, or it's just I they... think so. Okay. Um, but I, I'm kind of disappointed. I think he could be right there, but mm-hmm. either way, you got a tough kind of road because at 98 kilos in Greca, you got Giangelo Hancock. Right, and I think that's why he made the switch. Was he? He's okay. I'm not beating this guy. Well, you're. I'm not even I mean, sure he can make a national team. Right. Now, but yeah, I think that's at the least thing. in Greco, See? he'd probably be the second mm-hmm. or third guy. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, well, was, they I think part of it was um, in freestyle they have 92, and in Greco, the the weights are distributed differently. There was no uh in between weight, there's a there's nothing between 87 and 97, right? Uh, I thought there was because uh, I think there, there's 55 down at the bottom, so then there's no um, like intermediate weight uh, between 87 and 97. Well, let me look, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, it, it was fun to have Zilmer wrestling Greco. Uh, uh, isn't it? Isn't it 55, 60, 60? Yeah, you're right. It goes. Blah, blah, blah. It goes 55, 60, 63, 67, 72, 77, 82, 87. That's where that kind of, where instead of at 92, yeah. 97, it goes 82, mm-hmm. 87, then 97, then 130. It's interesting. Shout out to Andy Bisick who followed me on Twitter yesterday. Nice. For some reason. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I'm picking Jaden Cox. I think he's going to tech fall and, like you said, showcase kind of match. Mm-hmm. Then we come to our co main event, which to me is one of the most intriguing matchups we've had at one of these cards. We got world champion and one of the pound for pound best women's wrestlers in the world, Adeline Gray, taking on. 2019 world champ at 68 kilos to Myra Mensa stock. Um, this match will be at 76 kilos. So stock is going to be giving up some weight. They have wrestled before. Um, they wrestled three years ago at the Dave Schultz. Um, Gray won pretty, pretty easily. It was like eight, nothing. Um, but Stock has gotten better since then, um, a lot since then. I mean, she's a world champ now. Um, I, I just, I, this is such a strange match to me. We've heard both. I think people in the chat have talked about this a lot, where we have a lot of people that think Tamira can win and that she will win. I'm not sure I see it that way. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those where if you just go on past results, it seems like you'd have to pick Adeline Gray. Um, and then to, to pick Tamira, it's either based on 
trajectory where, you know, in 2016, she didn't qualify the weight for the Olympics. And then three years later, she's world champ. I mean, that's shows kind of what kind of development path she's on. And maybe she, you, you think she's, um, you know, on, on a level now where she's the best in the world, um, you know, pound for pound, but I, yeah. I don't completely see it. I'm inclined to favor Adeline. I think it, to me, it comes down to the size difference. Mm-hmm. Eight kilos is a lot. Yeah. It's uh, almost 20 pounds. And I don't know. I, I It's it's one of those things. I, I just... It's one of those things where they have so many... Adeline just blows out so many of her opponents you know, and doesn't have that many competitive matches. It's, it's sometimes right. hard to visualize, you know, how a match with somebody else is going to go. And that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like Adeline is so dominant. Other than the one match at the Olympics, she has dominated everyone else. You know, her one hiccup at the 2016 Olympics, and then it's just been on from there. You know, on before that, she's just been take down to her turns mm-hmm. and she's she's hard to beat she gets to her stuff and she doesn't do a lot but she does it well and it's been a perfect recipe for her and and like you said tamara's stock just continues to rise and it almost makes me wonder why she took this match do you think that she's looking to get a tough match in before she has to wrestle force molinari at the trials or is she just hungry to get a match in either way she can get it? I don't know. Um, I mean, I haven't really watched any of the interviews or anything for this match. Maybe, I mean, maybe she said why, but I mean, I I would guess just wants the challenge. Um, They probably offered her a decent amount of money. Um, I think just a chance to wrestle somebody in, in our own country, who's going to really challenge her is a good opportunity for her. Mm-hmm. Who are you taking? Adeline. I'm going to go ahead and take Adeline, too. I'm not sure it's going to be close. I think the size difference, strength difference, it's going to be probably another 6-0, 7-0 type of match. Maybe Tamira can get, get a score here or there, but it's going to be tough. So that brings us to our main event of the evening, Jordan Burroughs versus David Taylor. Um, They kind of went back and forth on social media for a little bit. Um, Burroughs has kind of been doing that with everybody. He he wants all the smoke. And then you got Taylor who just wrestled Gabe Dean a few weeks back. Um, Burroughs wrestled Zahid in October. Um, Right? Or was it November? doesn't matter it was i think it was november (laughs) um this they have wrestled four times a long time ago at 74 kilos at burrow's weight taylor is the world champ at not the defending world champ but he was the world champ in 2018 at 86 um knocking off guys donnie what's gonna happen what do you think is going to happen? Give me a breakdown here. 
So we, we were talking in the chat, um, you know, I was talking with um, Ed Gallo at the fight site. We were talking about doing a preview article. Uh, and I, I realized kind of in those discussions, I'm going to pick Jordan Burroughs. Um, like I, I'm, I'm just, that's what I'm going to end up doing no matter what, just because I like him a lot more. Uh, and we can talk about whether that makes any sense, uh, whether that's a good pick. But um, just just to start, I'll I'll commit myself. I'm gonna pick Burroughs. Okay. Um. Yeah. You said you'd like him more. What does that mean? I mean, kind of elaborate for me. He is the toughest wrestler I've ever seen. Um, physically and mentally, and I've loved watching him compete for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. watching the. 2015 World Championships, um, him against Godoyev, is one of my favorite wrestling memories. Um, and he's kind of, you know, watching him battle and kind of living and dying with his results has been really fun for me over the years. Um, and so it, I'm just kind of biased, I guess. I'm, I'm going to end up saying, oh, it's, it's, it's Burroughs. He can do anything. It's hard to pick against the man. Yeah. He has always shown up, and he's always been this tough SOB, this tough out. You know, even in the Olympics, it basically took Godoy of making it a fist fight to beat him. You know, making it this not even a wrestling match. It was it was like a fist fight. That's what it takes to beat Jordan Burroughs. I'm not sure David Taylor has that in him. Mm-hmm. That's what I see. I know David Taylor is amazing. The best wrestler in the world, 86 kilos. Probably going to win the Olympics at 86 kilos. But Jordan Burroughs is Jordan Burroughs, and it's so hard to pick against him. Mm-hmm. It's a one-off match, 100 and. It's going to be at 86, which is – that's 189. Taylor is bigger. Taylor is probably stronger. I just – I – we can go through it technically where you know, we can break down position, whatever. I think it comes down to toughness, Mm -hmm. and that's what Burroughs brings to the table every time. You're absolutely right, and we've talked about it. It's just so hard to pick against this dude. Mm-hmm. It's like I I would bet my house on it every time. I picked Zahid, and I felt so stupid picking Zahid, but I was like, the weight and the, you know, he's going to be mm-hmm. so fast, and it's going to be, and I just was trying to like almost convince myself that Zahid could win, and Burroughs proved me wrong. And I can't pick against him again. And I'm sure you feel similarly. It, it's just, mm-hmm. it's almost, it's amazing what he's been able to do the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the technical case for Taylor, I mean, the their matches in 2014, I, I watched them today. They were actually much closer than I remembered. You know, I, I knew the, the match at the Open where Burroughs got all the late takedowns with the, uh, Taylor had the cradles early on. Uh-huh. And Burroughs had to come back, but the the matches at the trials were both pretty competitive. 
um, and Taylor was actually getting to his legs. They were actually getting into some scrambles. And, um, you know, that's going to be even more so this time around where, you know, Taylor's probably even better at scrambling now. He's – because he's he's uh, stronger now, he's going to be – and, he, you know, he's used to wrestling guys at 86, and now he's wrestling somebody smaller. He'll probably have a lot of success uh, getting weight on the leg and then attacking that leg like he likes to do. Um, and he'll be able to get to those shots. He, um, you know, Burroughs has been pretty vulnerable defensively, much more so in the last two or three years than I think he was before. Um, and I'm not sure how much of that is people figuring him out, how much of it is he's had to open himself up where he can't just stay really low and keep, you know, changing levels and changing direction till he fires off a shot. He's actually got to be moving his hands a lot more and be working on your head, working on, you know, your, your tricep and stuff. And it gives you chances to beat his ties and get to his legs, but he's given up a lot more leg attacks and a lot more takedowns in the last couple of years. Um, and maybe that's, that's just given David Taylor too many opportunities. Um, I already said I'm, I'm committed to picking Burroughs uh, and maybe it doesn't make any sense, but that's um, the case for David Taylor and why I'm, I'm not going to make that pick anyway. Yeah, like I said, we could make the argument for Taylor. It's not a hard argument to make. Burroughs is the closest thing, in my opinion, that we have to Dave Schultz in the modern era. An internationally loved tough ass dude that just puts it out there every time who's too old now as people think right he's he's definitely one of the older dudes now on the team in the world even in his weight he's just he is that dude and it's hard to pick against that dude the dude that has it because he just has it it's hard to pick against that and I really – I can't – I'm not going to. I already said it. I'm not, not going to go through my whole spiel again. I'm not going to do it. I'm picking Burroughs, and it looks like we picked all the same people. <laughs> but that's okay. I don't mind. I mean if, if I was advising somebody to make a pick, I would advise them to pick David Taylor. But yeah. personally, I'm, I'm still picking Burroughs. Yeah, I am too. It's hard. Like I said, hard not to. Um, even if he doesn't – doesn't win, I won't be disappointed in the pick. So, mm-hmm. Jack, you have a new podcast. Why don't you tell the people about it? Yeah, so I've started a podcast called uh, Wolverine Wrestling Report. It's about uh, University of Michigan wrestling team, uh, the RTC team as well. Uh, we're going to be talking about Michigan wrestling, hopefully getting some interviews with uh, wrestlers doing uh, previews and recaps of every duel. So I'm getting a, uh, a fan or a writer who follows uh, each opponent uh, to come onto the show and we'll discuss the, um, the matchups. So the uh, Rutgers and Maryland episode is out now for the duels this weekend. Um, so I'll be doing uh, an episode every week throughout the college season. Is this something you're going to do all year? Are you going to continue it through the summer? So you yeah, I'll probably do uh, and... more of a, a slower schedule. But, yeah, I'll do probably updates with things like the Olympic trials and the Olympics. 
Michigan already has um, some wrestlers qualified for the Olympics, Michich and uh, Miles Amin, and a few guys at the Olympic trials as well. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably um, do, you know, every couple of weeks or every month during the summer. And then hopefully next season, um, you know, we'll have the full schedule starting in November. Um, and there'll be, you know, a lot more, you know, preseason buildup and stuff like that. More um, kind of more certainty and regularity with things. Mm-hmm. So what made you want to jump in the podcasting world? Uh, you know, I um, I've been following soccer a lot this year. Um, back in May or whatever, they were one of the first sports to uh, restart, and um, all the all the teams over there have like really active like fan groups, um, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, fan clubs and, you know, fan run, you know, YouTube channels and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to bring something like that to wrestling. Um, it, it feels like we have a lot of national coverage, you know, where it's one thing that's cool about wrestling is everybody's a really big wrestling fan. And so everybody knows about all the other teams, but we don't have as much, you know, team specific coverage, it feels right. like. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of just something I want to have fun with. But it's you know it's focused in on just one team, and um, hope people like it. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you're gonna do an awesome job. I love having you on, and I've loved you on other stuff. And that kind of goes back to the to the Jason Bryant thing. A couple of his podcasts are team specific. Maybe he's gonna pick you up, throw you on on the, his uh, Matt Talk Network, the Matt, or whatever. The Matt Talk Network, baby. Shout out to Jason Bryant. Yeah. Well, Jack, thanks for coming on. I think that's uh, going to be it for our preview. Guys, where can they find you on social media? Uh, I am at Oldest Greatest uh, is my personal account on Twitter. And then the uh, new podcast is at Mitch WrestlePod. Guys, go check out Jack. Follow him on Twitter. Check out his new podcast. I'm going to be checking it out. I think he said he might have me on at some point. Maybe to talk some IU or some Purdue. Mm-hmm. And we'll uh, – We'll get it going. Jack, thanks again, man. Hope to have you on again. Thanks, Austin. Good to be here. All right, man. Peace out. See you. All right, folks. I think that's really all the time that we have today. I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you to my guest, Jack Hurley, a.k.a. Oldest and Greatest. Guys, check out his new Michigan pod, especially if you're a Michigan fan. If not, just give it a give it a download. Give it a listen. You might learn something about Michigan and the wrestlers. Uh, Jack is a very well-studied guy. He he puts the time in, so uh, he deserves success. Um, I'm thankful to have him around and his, his brain around. I know the world is crazy right now. We all saw what happened this week in Washington, D.C. Let's keep our heads up, okay? Let's keep our heads up. And let's keep moving forward. That's all we can do. Um, I'm not even going to get into it. No need to. We all know. Keep our heads up. And we have to be the best pre-pull we can be every day. That's all we got to do. Okay. Um, Follow me on social media. At Air Early on Instagram and Twitter. Follow the show at ChangingLVLS also on Instagram and Twitter. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Check out the wrestling this weekend. We might have something special for you. And when I say we, I mean we. And by we, I mean multiple people. We are going to have something special. I'm working on it. No promises. 
but I am I'm gonna do my best to make this happen. It's gonna be a nice little treat for you guys. Um, gets a little bit of uh, humor uh, when this show sometimes isn't always the most humorous. So um, we'll check it out. So have a great weekend. Enjoy the wrestling. Get some rela- uh, rest, some relaxation. Much love to you all. Peace.